This is Birth Confidential with TJ. Thanks for checking out Birth Confidential. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. And if you get a chance, please rate five stars and review it and share it with your friends if you think that they would enjoy listening to birth stories. I know they're not for everyone, but I am one of those people that likes hearing other stories. And this episode is with my friend Fiona Cully. It's in two parts as well. The first part is a little backstory and all about her birth experience with baby Huxley. Plus, she's from England and it's so fun to listen to her accent too. And in part two with Fiona, their baby started having seizures and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. Her husband did some research, they did genetic testing, and they did come up with a diagnosis, and his diet helps control his seizures. That'll be in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Fiona and I met, I mean, I guess you were doing a radio tour, so you're an artist, and I was working at a country station, so we met when you were on radio tour and you came through Minneapolis. Yep. And then, fast forward, I moved to Nashville, and... We had reconnected when you were training at Tidal uh-huh. Gym there, and then I hired you to be my trainer before the wedding. Yes, look at that, <laughs> look at that puzzle. Hang on, so I was married then though when we were training. I'd already got married. Yes, yeah, yes. we were married. But I wasn't pregnant. Um, yeah, we got married in the May, and then I got pregnant in December, and that it wasn't like, I mean, I wanted to have baby straight away as soon as we were married but it was kind of like we were just kind of like and you know I'd been tracking ovulation with body temperature that's how I did it like the whole time I never used any birth control I'd come off it and I just did body temperature and did you use the app yes that I used a natural cycles app so every day I'd wake up stick it in my mouth and use it that way which I found was really effective because I used that for a year and a half to not get pregnant so it's just as good to not get pregnant as it is to get pregnant. I used one of those apps too to not get pregnant. How long after you went off birth control did it take for y'all to get pregnant? Well, I was off birth control for like a year and a half and we did the body temperature. I just did that. And then it was the first time. It was the first time that I was like, eh, I think I'm ovulating. I know I kind of am, but we've got a window of a couple of days. And we're not actually trying yet, but we went to a wedding someone else's wedding and yeah and so like it was like that night it's crazy I got pregnant in December and then it was like I didn't show for ages and then the world locked down so I basically like you know in the olden days when when women went into like confinement I was like in confinement nobody saw my pregnant belly because I didn't get one and the app would come up like the what to expect to expecting app that I had like that annoying one it would be like, you're now at the point where people want to touch your belly. I'm like, no one's touching my belly. I'm home alone. No, and like, and I would walk around the house and I'd be like, Daniel, do I look pregnant yet? Can someone touch my belly? And he would be like, I'll touch your belly. But that was about it. <laughs> so I feel like I never got, I got cheated out of pregnancy. Because not only did I not get a bump till I was like eight months pregnant, I looked like I just had a little burrito. And then... COVID, I never saw anyone. So I was like, not really. Did you not get a bump because you're just like ridiculously in shape? Or did you not get one because he was just so far back? Multiple reasons. I have a long torso and I had really tight abs, had, um, and <laughs> no more. And I had an anterior facing placenta. So he was behind my placenta. 
Um, and just all of those things and the long torso did the did the trick I popped at the end but still like I was measuring small like right at the end too and they were like oh do you are you, you know dates wrong but he was eight pounds three so there was nothing small about him once again when you did ultrasounds could they still see everything yeah so he was measuring fine like towards the end they did extra ultrasounds because they were like oh your bump is like three weeks behind where it should be but every time they did the ultrasound they were like oh no he's he's perfect in there so they said he would be like seven pounds top and then so when he was like eight pounds three i was like i told you it was big i couldn't breathe so could so. you still like feel him kicking on the outside could you yeah yeah, so, but it just took, like, longer, like, it took longer to feel him because of he's, like, inside, because the placenta was in front. But it's apparently really common, and the chances are if I have another baby, it won't be like that, because it, like, flip-flops each time. You know, I did see, like, a bunch of people still, like, we had our, we had our little bubble, and I was, like, training clients outside. I actually trained clients the day I gave birth. <laughs> I woke up that morning and was like, I think I need to stop working now because I feel really sick. And I was like a week and a half away from my due date. And I was like, I just, I think I'm done. And that morning I told my clients, I said, even like FaceTime clients, I was like, I think I need to be done. I'm really tired. And everyone's like, we wondered when you were going to just, and I thought, you know, I'll have a week or two to just sort the house out, get everything ready. And, and then that night I had a bath at like 10 o'clock. Daniel just got home from work and I got out of the bath and I was like, Did, where's the, why is the bath water still coming out of me? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was really confused, but I knew I was dilated. I'm going to bring him. He wants to come sit with us. I'd already been to the doctor. Here he is. Hi, buddy. I'd already been and they said I was dilated. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe it's something to do with that. And I, I'll never forget this because I walked downstairs because my husband was showering on the second floor and I went and I walked downstairs and every step I took, more water was appearing. And I was like, I don't, I can't tell where it's coming from. I don't know what's happening. And then I, he's in the shower and I like tapped on the door and I said, I said, something's wrong. And he was like, what is it? And he was like, oh. Your water's breaking. I was like, it is? I said, what do I do? And he said, get a towel. <laughs> Just casual. Get a towel, he said. I was like, okay. But, I mean, my husband is one of 14, so he's not, he's not new to, like, pregnancy and birth and all of the, that stuff. We stayed at home for a long time. I actually had him in a birth center. So it was, it's owned by Vanderbilt, but it's called Baby & Co., and it's like a hotel room. So you just do your own thing in there. And I'd already decided to do it that way before COVID, but it was actually perfect because it meant we didn't come into contact with anyone else. It was only us in the birth center. And it meant that like my sister-in-law could be with us too because my sister and my mom were meant to be here, but they couldn't come from England because still English people can't come here. So Americans can go there though. So I had, yeah, had him with my sister-in-law and Daniel caught him. I gave birth to him on a stool nine hours later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. While you were pregnant, and I know that you, you're on a super clean regimented diet, did you continue that throughout your entire pregnancy? Did you have any cravings or want to eat more? Did you still work out as much as you did? Uh, yeah. 
And I didn't lift heavy. After six months, I stopped like lifting. After six months, I just did body weight of everything. And I still ate exactly the same. I just ate more. And then once a week, I would have like my splurge meal. And it was random stuff. Like one time I went to Five Points Pizza, but they weren't allowing people inside. So I sat outside on a bench by myself with this like personal pizza box. And I like ate it by myself outside. I was like, this is sad. <laughs> this is really sad. Just like carb loading alone. And then like I had a thing for Frosties. I, I hadn't had like a Frosty before. And then my friend told me to go to Wendy's and have a chocolate Frosty and dip fries in it. You've never had a Frosty? Well, not like that. No, like just not really been a thing I had. That's true. I guess you probably wouldn't have had a Frosty, huh? No, and dipping the fries in it though. Ooh, yeah. I tell that was that's pretty legit other than that like I, I mean each time it was something different but towards the end it was so tight I was like getting to the point where like I couldn't eat anymore because there was no room <laughs> did you have a specific birth plan my idea was to sneeze him out <laughs> <laughs> I would tell everyone, everyone would be like, how, like, what's your ideal? Like, what do you want to do? I'd be like, I just want to be like, and he'll just fall right out. How did you feel of leading up to the birth? Were you afraid? Did you feel prepared? Did you feel, you know, cause Daniel, he has a couple of kids, your stepmom. Yeah, he has two kids and I was first time mom. I wasn't nervous until... I think the couple of days before I had him, like I knew it was coming and I suddenly was like, like I was afraid because I didn't know what the pain would feel like. And unfortunately for me, it was all back labor, which is apparently like the worst. Like he was actually in the back, obviously, which we knew, but he was sunny side up. So he was the wrong way the entire time. So it was like, he was breaking my tailbone. The minute my water broke upstairs, my contractions were every five minutes and then they were every three minutes within an hour. You had no epidural, did you? No, nothing. And they didn't stop. I had honey sticks. What? I mean, they were pouring little honey sticks in my mouth and I didn't sit down because he was in my tailbone. So I couldn't sit down, couldn't lie down, couldn't sit down. I stood up for nine hours. So did you plan to not have an epidural? There's no drugs at the birth center. They don't have any. They have gas and air, which they weren't using because of COVID. But my husband said, I said at least, he said, you, you asked to go to the hospital at least 20 times, but at least like five times you really meant it. Like you were like, I need to leave. But that was right at the end. And they were saying, they were trying to tell me by the time we get the ambulance and we transfer you, you're going to have had this baby. So there's no time. And also he was stuck. They wanted to get him out quickly. So like, they're kind of hands off until like go time. But I remember like one point, suddenly they were kind of like, okay, you need to move. Like you need to put your foot up on this step. You need to go to the bathroom. You need like all this, they were making me do all this stuff. Like suddenly they, they were just all over me. And it was because he was stuck and they were like, we can't leave him stuck in here for, you know. Yeah. And, and so that was when things like hotted up. But my husband for like two hours, was squeezing my hips together. Because when your hips squeeze together, it tilts your pelvis forward, which makes it open, which makes the head drop down. So like, he literally was using all his force. My sister-in-law was like, I thought he was going to break your hips because he was squeezing them. 
to like get him to come down because at the beginning the midwife was doing it and then she was kind of like hang on a minute like you know he, my husband's a big guy they were like you need to do this and there's like pictures of him literally like he pulled a muscle in his back but you know no one cares because i pushed out an eight pound baby that's right that's right <laughs> like, no one cares about his pulled muscle thank you <laughs> No, I feel like if you know going into it that because there was a point that I thought I couldn't have an epidural and so like to mentally prepare for that is completely different than knowing like I'm just gonna get the drugs whatever call it a day right and I'd done a lot of like prep work on my body like I knew I had like a lot of like exercise prep work you know just a lot of prep work in general you're very strong you and I are very very different I mean I'm having a dance party in the studio and I start to talk and I'm like I was having a dance party and it was like two minutes long and I can't breathe <laughs> so like <laughs> me trying to have a baby that way is completely different so I do think it's mental though like it is like you physically we're we can all do it like we can like and let and obviously there are I say that but there are like things that that you know get in the way and we can't like there you know it does happen and you know at the end of the day the, the best way is to get the baby out safely like that's all you know you care about but I definitely think like mentally I felt completely confident because I knew that Daniel knew what he was doing as well as the midwives and his sister-in-law too like oh sorry his sister my sister-in-law I just felt like in safe hands and I knew that if they thought it was time to go to the hospital they would immediately have had me go to go there you know I, I felt at peace with that too and I also just kind of I mean you're not even really in your own head are you like if no. I think back like I was like a weird animal like I was like I had a sore throat for like a week afterwards because yeah. I was like this like grunting that I just never like <laughs> I it was weird afterwards I was like do I have COVID like my it's like an out-of-body experience oh yeah like and it's just insane I mean it really was like the whole thing was just nuts but like I was thinking the other day you know because people are like they like to ask you we have another baby going into it now I'm not sure that I could go back to a birth center where the drugs weren't because yeah. now I know how painful it is. Mm -hmm. But I also was told, like the midwife said to me, the chances are you won't have back labor. And if you don't, that baby's going to fall out because your body is like, yep. so like ready for it. But I just, unfortunately for me, it was like the worst kind of labor. <laughs> when that baby's ready to come, you might not make it to the hospital. That baby's coming out of the car. Right. I mean, that's what kind of has been the consensus. Because that type of contraction, I never felt any contractions in the front. Nothing ever happened in front of me, which is where they like, when I'd done all the birth prep, show you, they would even had like diagrams during like the Zoom call to show you how your contractions feel. And I didn't get any of that. Mine literally was my tailbone was ripping in half. It was all behind me. And so I was like, what's this weird contracting in the front? You couldn't even tell I was contracting in the front because you know how it's meant to tighten. Well, it was already so tight. Like I just didn't yeah. see anything. Mine was all in the back too. And I was like, I cannot take this any longer. And finally I was like, I need the drugs. And looking back on it now, I would have got them sooner. <laughs> Now I'm like, <laughs> because no. I was like, why did I just go through all of this? Why? 
The only upside of it was, and with the birth center, this is the case. Like I had him at 1110 and we went home at four and I was fine. And that's the thing, like with drugs, like especially me, like I'm really sensitive to drugs too. Mm -hmm. Like any drug I take, like if I ever go to the dentist, it always like messes me up and, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I literally just walked out of there. I was just like, okay, bye. Like, I wish I could have done that. Like, cause she was induced too. So I had Pitocin. And oh, I would no. have loved to be able to go back and not do that. That was also my plan. So one of the things I did say was if I have to be induced, I can't be at the birth center anyway, because they don't do inductions there. I would have had to be in the hospital. And if I've been induced and my body had to fake contractions, I was like, I'm going to take the drugs. Like that's insane because that's not natural. Like you're forcing your body to do something and then f- like making it be able to accept the pain. Like, no. And my body didn't want, to, they didn't want to dilate. The baby had the cord wrapped around her neck twice. Like it was a horrible situation. No, no. So obviously, you know, we can all say looking back, I would have, you know, done A, B, C. And, and that's always like, Hey, we have another baby. And I feel like women now, when we look at our babies, we're like, yes. We would do it again. It doesn't matter what we went through or how much it sucked. I know. I'd be like, let's do just again. do it again. And I was pretty textbook. I mean, like I had my appointment. I was dilated. They gave me a little sweep thing. And then like I came home. It doesn't usually happen like that. Yeah. I was pretty lucky in that sense. My sister-in-law, who's like the most natural, like, I mean, she's watched her mom give birth a ton of times. She's one of the, she's the oldest girl in her family and her mom, there's 14 of them. She said to me afterwards, she was like, you know, I definitely am going to have an epidural. Like I'm definitely not going to do it without drugs. And I was like, did I do something to make you feel that way? Like, what was it? She said, there is no way that I could do what you did. And I was like, well, thank you for making me feel like a hero, but I don't think I could do what I did again. Like now I know, and I, and I'm super fortunate. I don't know how like in depth you're, you want your podcast, but like I have no, I had no stitches, like nothing. And it mainly is another thing was because when you don't have drugs, you can feel everything. So your body like stops when it should mm-hmm. like you know how you hear like oh i can't stop like well, when you have no drugs you can stop like you really can <laughs> like because you're like please make it stop <laughs> you know but if you don't and you can't feel anything you can't tell and those babies come washing out and that's you know apparently yeah. you know what causes the damage like not all the time like because you can still have it naturally in tear but i could feel everything and he was stuck there for so long that it you know just oh. Paved the way, like he kept coming out and coming back in. Like, well, you know that game. <laughs> My husband says it. You know that game where you like bang the thing. Whack a mole. That's it. Huxley <laughs> was whack a moleing for like two hours. Like I literally, she, he was kind of like, is he ever coming? <laughs> it was just like in and out. <laughs> it's hysterical. I saw your Instagram post. And I was like trying to do the math in my head that y'all were already home. And I was like, how is that possible? People were like, you have the baby already? I was like, yeah, because my last Instagram was, I was having a bath at 10 p.m. the night before. And then <laughs> we're on our way home at four o'clock the next day. With a baby. I was like, so you know how that happened? Instagram shows only 24 hours, like in the story. Well, it was still the same story. Yeah. Is why people were like, uh... <laughs> We left and then like went back the next day for like that 
the next checkup. He was ready. He and was, he's perfect. He's so cute. But yeah, thinking about it, like for a round two situation, even being fit-ish still, like I think I'd be in a hospital. When you had him, do you think you were in the best shape you've ever been in your whole life? When I got pregnant, yes. When I got pregnant, I was in the best shape, definitely. Because I just got married and I was like, you know, still on that like marriage train. Yep. It was, yeah, I'd been married for like, what, five months? And I, and yeah, best shape of my life for sure. And so that made a huge difference for me. Like if I got pregnant now, and I mean, like I'm being dramatic. Please, please. <laughs> I have to work out. Like I don't have good muscle tone right now. Yeah. And that is important. He'll be six months next week. And I think I've worked out like, you know, maybe yeah. like once a week. <laughs> and, and you had a baby. Yeah, I had a baby and like, it's just, there's been a lot of things. It's just, I'm tired. I'm really tired. And I still do a lot of like physical stuff, but I just, I don't work out to like the intensity that I used to. But I mean, round two, like your body knows what to do, doesn't it? So I feel like, I bet you'll get a bump really early next time. Girl, I'm telling you, you're going to, you will sneeze that baby out next time. (laughs) You won't even need muscles. You're just me like a chew and that baby's coming out in the car oh my gosh I don't know though but I'm also just like I want to have like a little age gap and so I want H needs to be at least like two I need to have him like fully like on a good eating schedule and like sleeping schedule but I also don't want to wait too long because I want to sleep again someday yeah and I feel like if you wait too long you know you're never gonna sleep again (laughs) It's true. Uh, my daughter is turning four next month and she still sleeps in our bed and it's quite ridiculous. And Ricky wants another baby. And I'm like, where did where the baby go? <laughs> she goes to the bathroom by herself. Now <laughs> you want us to have an infant in diapers. What is wrong with you? It's hot. I mean, he sleeps with me right now. I mean, I say with me, he sleeps like next to me in this like little docker toddy thing. I mean, he wasn't sleeping with me, but like, since he had some health problems, like he was at, that's just the safest place was close. And now I need to like teach him to get back into his own crib because he's, you know, if I don't do it now, what, he's going to be four years old and he's going to be like, and then I'll have another baby and they'll, and the new baby will be like, why does Huxley get to sleep with you, mommy? And that's I'll be like, what I say to and I'll be like, well, because Huxley's special. I mean, what, could you imagine that? Like, I'm like, so we have to kick Millie out so the new baby can sleep with us? How does that work? That's even worse. So what, then all four of us are going to be in the same bed? Okay. Uh, hmm. My husband and I haven't slept together for six months. (laughs) The funny thing was last night, he slept in the nursery. I was like, because we've got like a day bed in the nursery. So my husband was sleeping in the nursery last night. (laughs) Yeah, is that funny that you kick daddy out and put him in your bed? And he was like slap bang in the middle of a California king. Just there he was. <laughs> That's like, really across the bed. Feet in my face, head on Ricky. Ricky's on this tiny little spot of the bed on the very edge and Millie's across the whole bed. With him, he sleeps better if he's with me. At this point, it's like the, the difference between getting sleep or dying. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And I always think it's funny how everything I said I would do as a parent I mean, it all went out the window. 
the other day I put like this aquarium on the TV and I was like, here you go. Cause I just needed to just go into the kitchen and have a minute alone. And I was always like, he won't watch TV and he won't do this and he won't do that. And I won't have all the baby containers all over the house. We literally have everything gross that you could imagine. And I know I used to tell Ricky, I'm like, I don't want to be those parents that just set her in front of a screen while we do A, B, C, D. And then, <laughs> then we have a baby and I'm like, do you think Moana could babysit for a hot minute while we, <laughs> like, I just, I don't know what else to do. And Moana's free and I got to get something done. It's so true. Oh. Like, at least it starts for me though. I'm like, if he watches animals, it's not so bad. So I'm like, he can watch the aquarium and he can watch yeah. the live animals. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. But the one good thing about the technology is that he can, he'll FaceTime with my mom and dad. Yeah. And he'll, like interact with them. They'll say, hi, Huxley. And he's like, oh, hi. like he knows what it is. And he's just all about it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I love that. My parents live in Vegas too. So having that, that interaction and that, way they can see each other is it's to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health and that's where the sleep number bed comes in and let me tell you ever since i've had it my sleep iq score is just going higher and higher and did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.